0: Hey, good morning, Calvary Church. Last week, we talked about hell. Today, we get to talk about heaven. Amen? Amen. We're going to dig in, and this is uh, a little less daunting for me. My name is Matt Davis. I am the marriage and family pastor, and it's my privilege to also get to teach every once in a while up here. Um, We want to dig in deep. We're in, uh, towards the end of a series, it's our supernatural series, talking about the things unseen. And uh, what I want us today to experience, to hope for, is is to look at heaven, and my feeling is that we don't have an accurate picture of what heaven is really like, and I only say that because I'm not sure that I've really had an accurate picture of heaven myself, and so we're going to dive in. The Bible has a lot to say. More than 700 verses in the Bible mention either heaven or the heavens or heavenly. It talks about it. And so we're going to dig in and we're going to read all 700 plus passages this morning. And it's going to be a lot of fun. But I want want us to think about it. There is a whole genre of Christian books today, the heaven and back books, right? Like heaven is for real or 90 minutes in heaven or 23 minutes in hell. And, And this is huge it's a huge industry heaven is for real has sold 10 million books almost that's huge now we're not going to get into that today because I don't want to get in trouble with all of you but here's what I want us to think about what is our source what is it that we are using as our picture of heaven is it coming from this genre of books or is it coming from the book We're going to dig in. I want us to look at um, some ideas. Now, there's you've probably heard of Instagram, and part of Instagram is this notion of a hashtag. Hashtag, I'm just going to try to explain it for some of you who don't understand, but it's a way that we kind of put a little tag on the end of a picture to be able to categorize things. And so we looked up some pictures that were hashtag. Heaven. More than 8.6 million pictures exist. And so people take a picture and they say, hashtag heaven. And these were some of the things that, uh, that came up. Um, this was uh, one that was kind of interesting. Somebody actually uh, showed this. This has to do with last week, but they called it not purgatory, but purgatory, uh, which is the anguish prolonged period spent waiting for a fresh pot of coffee to be ready. Um, not quite heaven, that actually feels a little bit more like last week's. Um, before I do that, I just want to show you, I, I did an image search, Google image search, and this was just a screenshot. This is our concept of, of what heaven looks like. And so leading into that, somebody uh, takes a picture probably from a plane, and they say, hashtag heaven, and this is the picture that they have in their head. Uh, somebody else, they took a, a picture of a flower, and they said, this is beautiful, this is heaven. Now, someone else, they thought, oh, <laughs> this is... This is my version of heaven. It's Oreos and uh, chocolate from what looks like Europe or some. Every time there's a mission trip, I get a package like this. Somebody comes home. Um, somebody put kale down. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting, but I, I put on there, uh, my daughter, we went to a little preschool back to school night this week, open house, and uh, there's a little thing up there you can see, Karis, uh, her name is both in English and in Hebrew, which is fantastic. But she said, my favorite food is kale. Um, And then she also, I just highlighted it in yellow, where does Jesus live? She said heaven, which is a really good thing, we'll get into that. What would you do with Jesus if he came to your house and she said play Candyland with him? So, not bad, I like that. Um, Somebody said that the McCafe, the coffee at McDonald's was heaven for them. Boy, are they in for a surprise. Um, This might be a little bit closer to some of your version of heaven. We have in and out. Uh, Some of you, uh, this is nobody at Calvary Church, I'm sure, Uh, but this is, you know, just a little be seen. Uh, This is probably uh, Pastor Dave or Lloyd Peckham's version of of heaven. Actually, no, this one we found, this was at D. Mitchell, and uh, it was this picture right here. (laughs) Dave loves cats. You're welcome. Actually, Dave, I'm just kidding. We found Dave's, and this is what it was right here. That's Dave's version of heaven. Uh, this is uh, a piece of my version of heaven. Those are our dogs, Jack and Finn. Sometimes it's heaven, sometimes it's not. And some of you, you've, you've held a, a baby and it's just that that beautiful moment, right? Uh, this is my own personal version of heaven right here. Yeah, points. That's so good. I love it.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, we have an outline in the bulletin. She's all, take it off, get it rid of it. There we go. I want to go through some things. I want, to, I, want to, I want to talk about, give us a picture of what heaven looks like, who gets to go to heaven. There's a lot of people that believe uh, that everyone becomes an angel and they go to heaven, or if I obey the Ten Commandments that I'm going to go to heaven, if I just go to church, I'm in. Uh, or if I do more good things than bad, or if I didn't kill anyone, um, I'll get to heaven, or if I just live in a Christian house, then I get to go to heaven. I, I want you to understand that, that there is... A, a, a lot that is said about this. I, I want you to hear this passage. This is from 1 Corinthians 2, and it says, But just as it is written, things which the eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. And in Philippians, it says, Our citizenship, our citizenship is in heaven from whom, from which we also eagerly wait for a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform this body, thank God, of a humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Uh, Jonathan Edwards, a preacher from uh, about a hundred years ago, he says, it becomes us to spend this life only as a journey toward heaven to which we should subordinate all other concerns of life. Why should we labor for or set our hearts on anything else but that which is our proper end and true happiness? And it's C.S. Lewis who writes about heaven extensively, um, and I'll quote him a couple times, but he says, If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. I want us to hear this today. We are going to look through biblical revelation. The, the Bible talks about this. And so we want to hold on firmly to what the Bible has to say about heaven. But there's also some room that, that, Speculation is an appropriate theological activity, but Millard Erickson, he's a theologian, he says that it's okay to speculate as long as, the, as we are aware that we are speculating. And then there's even room for personal imagination, that we are free to think about and to imagine what it might be like. A lot of C.S. Lewis's writing is about that, but he says that as long as we are imagining that we are not flying away from truth, but that we are flying on the wings of truth. Now, People have a lot of different concepts and ideas about what heaven is like. Um, Last week we we went to the circle in orange and we asked people, what happens to you after you die? And we had some answers and we uh, cut it up into two different videos. And I want you to see what some people's picture is of heaven. Check this out. What do you think happens after you die? You go to heaven. Tell me what heaven is like. Somewhere where you
1: can be safe and you don't have to be sick anymore. It is a place where we will feel the true love of God.
0: I have no clue, but I'm guessing it's somewhere very peaceful and where there's a lot of love.
1: It's perfect. It's the way that God intended it for it to be before there was a sin. But I I think uh, living for Christ now in some way brings heaven on earth, at least as far as the peace. I think heaven is just... On those days when you feel the happiest, and think that's how you feel all the time. Well, the disciples one night asked Jesus that, and he said, I can't tell you, you're not capable of understanding. Although conflicting things, and through the Old Testament stuff, you always saw ponder the things of heaven. Well, and Jesus, who's now down on earth, telling you, you're not capable of understanding. But it's better than the alternative, so, you know, I always said that if I, whatever my mansion's going to be, I'll take an outhouse. For me, I would say there'd be a lot of sunflowers, um, a lot of just joy captured in a photo.
0: How do you get to heaven?
1: By being a good person. I mean, just being you. That's how he brought you up, and that's how he's bringing you down. I think that you just need to believe with your whole heart in Jesus and trust in him. I don't think that there's anything you have to do to get there or not get there. I think it's just where everybody goes. No matter what you are or who you are, he still loves you. And so he'll bring you to heaven no matter what you are. I think we are all part of God. Uh, we just have to see that little, those little pieces in us, and I believe that love is in everyone, and we definitely will all go to heaven. I think if I have um, confessed my sins and gotten reconciliation for those things and um, done my part as um, a woman of God, that I will end up in heaven.
0: Uh, by sacrificing your life to God or giving... You know, praying and always talking to God and never forgetting about him. And just, yeah, that's how I would think, going to church.
1: My belief is that basically you just have to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he died for your sins and you're good.
0: Does everyone get to go to the true home? Yeah, definitely. Nobody's excluded, no matter what you've done here on earth. Yeah, true that. true that. A lot of differing opinions, some truth is in there, then there's some truth mixed in with our own personal theologies. Um, So you can see, uh, there's so many people, my expectation was that there's polls anywhere from about 70 to 82% of Americans believe in heaven, but uh, that is not the population polling that we got when we were in the circle. I was surprised to see how many people don't believe in heaven and even more don't believe in hell. Um, So... If you look at the outline, um, there's way too many verses and I did that so you could just take this home and keep studying and so you have some references there. We're going to fly through this today. Um, So when we're asking the question, what is heaven like? I want you to just get this picture. A lot of these heavenly passages, look at the end of Revelation, the end of the Bible, Revelation 19, 20, 21, 22, gives us this big, beautiful picture. There's also some other verses, but in Revelation 21... It says, He carried away, carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. I want you to hear and I want you to understand, heaven is part of God's creation. God created it. It says in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Sometimes we skip right over heavens and we get focused on what God made here on earth. But God created the heavens. In fact, even the word heaven is a synonym with God that when we are attributing glory and, and the good gifts that come from heaven, that is the good gifts that come down from God. But heaven is also the place where God dwells. Um, when we pray, Matthew 6, our father who art in Heaven. Heaven is the place. It says in in Isaiah 66, thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where then is a house that you can build for me and where is a place that I may rest? Heaven is also a place with a specific population. There will be people there. Hopefully, all of us will be there. But heaven is a place with a specific population. In Matthew 25, it says, Then the king will say to those on his right come you who are blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world we have this idea that that there is some activity in heaven that there are people in heaven God is in heaven, but we also have angels who are in heaven. We know that Jesus came from heaven. He descended from heaven. He ascended to heaven. He's going to return from heaven, that Jesus is there. You even have this picture in Acts 7, the heavens opened up and there Jesus was at the right hand of his father. Jesus ascended into heaven, and he says, I will return, and I will come back. But that is where he is at. There is a population. And then we also have the redeemed of the Lord. In Daniel chapter 7, it says, the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. Now, Jesus says, in John chapter 14, he says, in my Father's house are many, what, Mansions, you all know mansions. That is King James talk right there. The better translation and talks about this again in Revelation 21 is many dwelling places. We get stuck on this idea. In my father's house, there are many mansions and we get kind of fixated that I am going to have this mansion and our picture of heaven is there's gonna be lots of really awesome stuff there for me and it's not so much about the stuff that is in heaven but it is about the coup. that we will be in the presence of God. This is the place where God dwells and so we look forward to this day but not only that heaven is the place for our glorified bodies it says in 1 corinthians 15 there are also heavenly bodies and earthly bodies but the glory of the heavenly is one and the glory of the earthly is another like jesus we will have transformed bodies now some of you are wondering what will my glorified body look like not this Thank you, Dave. (laughs) The devil will be put away. There will no longer be any sin. We will be freed from this body. We will be in glory with Jesus. Paul Helm, he says this, the freedom of heaven then is the freedom from sin. Not that the believer just happens to be free from sin, but that he is so constituted or reconstituted that he cannot sin. He doesn't want to sin and he, doesn't, he does not want to want to sin. Can you imagine what that is like? That we would be freed from this body that is enslaved to sin and we will be worshiping Jesus in his presence. Where is heaven? says in 2 Peter chapter 3, according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Now, I want you to hear this. We are going to a place. Heaven is a place. Now, in the outline, I have this idea that the new earth is the heaven where we will spend eternity with God. I want to read this passage. This is from Revelation chapter 21. Listen to these words. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is among men and he will dwell among them and they shall be his people and God himself, God himself will be among them and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will no longer be any death and there will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. When we die, if I were to die right now, I would go into the presence of of God in heaven. But that is not the last stop. That is not the final stop. It's the resting stop. Now I want us to get this picture. There's going to come a point, my soul is with God in heaven, but he is going to recreate. It says that the new heaven will be coming down. The new Jerusalem will come down and it will be here on earth. Our picture of heaven is somewhere up in the clouds. We're going to be sitting there with angels, harps, and wear something like a toga maybe. And we're going to be singing praises. And we're just going to be looking at light for the next few million years. That is not heaven. Heaven is fascinating. And God is going to bring the new Jerusalem, bring it here on earth. Heaven is far more earthly than you might think. I want you to hear this though. I want you to understand. Back in the Old Testament times... There's this picture that happens, there's the temple, there's a tabernacle, um, and there's these, these different courts. Old Testament times, you have the temple, and there'd be the court of the Gentiles. There'd be the the, the courts for the Jews. There'd be these dividing walls. But right in the middle of all of it was the Holy of Holies. You can look at this in 1 Kings chapter 6. And God gives specific instructions. This is how it is supposed to be built. Not only like specific, but like super specific, because there are dimensions. The Holy of Holies is a cube. It's the same length. It's the same width. It's the same height. And then you read, and you go to Revelation. In Revelation 21... It says this, listen to this. There's a connection here. The one who spoke with me had a gold measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and its wall. The city is laid out as a square and its length is as great as the width. And he measured the city with the rod 1,500 miles. Its length and width and height are equal. When the length and the width and height are equal, you have a cube. I want you to understand, because later on it says that I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. There is not a temple. God is the temple. That means that if heaven is this cube, 1,500 miles, people, theologians, look at this and they're trying to figure out, all right, if it's 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles, then then we can fit this many people in it and there's people trying to figure it out. I don't think that that's necessarily what we're supposed to be trying to figure out. The picture here is that heaven is one great big holy of holies where we will worship and we will be in front of our God and we will praise Him. Now, we'll get to some of this. What are the activities in heaven in a second? I want you to hear that though. There is many times in, in Isaiah and in, in Ezekiel that heaven is talked about and it's referring back to Eden and it's, it's this picture for us that when God created the heavens and the earth that there was, there was shalom. It was perfection. And God was with Adam and Eve in the garden. And sin had separated us. God wants to restore all of these things. You can look back in Genesis chapter 3 and you can see in Genesis 2 that there was a tree of life. And you go to the end of the story and you see that there was a tree. In Revelation chapter 22, it says, Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of its street. And on either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. I want you to hear that this is an amazing thing. God will make heaven Here on earth, the end of the story is not that we will go to heaven, but that heaven will come to us. The end of the gospel is that not that we will go to heaven, but that heaven will come to us. We will be in the presence of God Almighty. Now, there's a lot of questions, and I have to skip over all kinds of stuff today, because it's huge. There's too much. There's, we don't know everything. We know certain things. But I want you to just hear. There are passages in the Bible that talk about how heaven or how earth will be no longer. And there's also passages that talk about how the earth will remain forever. Um, John Piper, he talks about this. And he says, it seems like there's, some, there's a lack of continuity. And he says, perhaps one of the greatest metaphors that we could have, and even then it's still imperfect, is a caterpillar... When it becomes a butterfly, does the caterpillar die? Yes and no. There will be such a change in our earth as we know it, that as it will transform and it will be heaven, that the old things have passed and God is making something new. This is what we look forward to. Now, what will we do in heaven I want you to just understand that God is doing something. Here's a quote from Anthony Hockman. He says, God will make the new earth his dwelling place. Heaven and earth will then no longer be separated as they are now, but they will be one. But to leave the new earth out of consideration when we think of the final state of believers is greatly to impoverish Biblical teaching about the life to come. What will we do in heaven? Number one, we will worship without distraction. Whether then you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. When you think about worship, a lot of you are thinking that you're going to be singing songs for eternity. But everything that we do, all activity in heaven will be to the glory of God. Everything that happens We'll be worshiping him. Everything is worship. There's, you can look in Revelation 15. They're singing the song of Moses. The song of Moses is going to be a hit. Every time we read about worship in heaven, it's loud. Um, but you won't need earplugs. It'll be fantastic. And we will be worshiping the king. And we will be doing that together. We'll be praising the works of God and the worth of God. Not only that, but we will be serving without exhaustion. Can you imagine that we would be There would be work to do, that there is something that we will be doing, that we will be serving without exhaustion. It says, For this reason they are before the throne of God and they serve Him day and night in His temple, and He who sits on the throne will spread His tabernacle over Him. Not only will we be serving God, but it says He will be serving us, that He will create a feast. Even when Jesus came, that was a fantastic picture, He says the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and so God will be serving, and we will be at the banqueting table with Him, and there will be a great supper. When we think about communion as a meal, in a sense, it's pointing to this picture that we will be with, with God. Not only will we serve without exhaustion and worship without distraction, but we will fellowship without fear. We will be together. Now, Dave gave this to me this week. We, we read in, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says... It's talking about faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And, and Dave illuminated something for me this week. He said, faith will be revealed. Your faith, that we have to have faith in this place to come. There's no need for faith in heaven. Our faith will be revealed. Our hope will be fulfilled. The one thing that continues to go on forever is love that we will love more deeply. You think about your closest relationships here on earth, whether that's with your spouse, with your children, with your best friend. Even those relationships have sin in them. We don't know what it's like to be in relationship with one another and to be without sin. But this will be pulling it all together. Not only that, but we will learn without fatigue. Your brain will not get tired. You will know things. It says... Um, where is it? Great is the Lord, highly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. It says we see in it dimly in a mirror. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully. We will not be omniscient. We will not know everything about God. But our knowledge will always be true, but it will never be complete. That God will keep revealing. We will continue to find out more about God for eternity. His greatness is unsearchable. We will rest without boredom. Now, some of you, you just want to rest and you could sleep for a week. Some of you, I have trouble resting, right? We have trouble and we start to get bored. We get a little antsy. We got to get moving, but we will rest without boredom. When God says that we take a Sabbath, that we will take a Sabbath rest in him, that there is going to be rest, that God will be giving this to us. It says in Revelation 14, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit, so that they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow with them. Not only that, but we will feast at the table of God, that God is preparing a great feast. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and just as my Father has granted me a kingdom, I grant you that you may eat and drink at my table in my Kingdom. There is constantly this talk of the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we will be there. And even we see the resurrected Jesus in Luke 24. And he shows up in a room and he says, Do you have anything to eat? And they give him some fish and he eats in his glorified resurrected body, in his resurrected state. But perhaps the greatest thing that we will be doing in heaven is probably the greatest five words in all of the Bible. In Revelation 22, they will see his face and his name will be written on their foreheads. We will see Jesus face to face. In Psalms, it says, One thing I have asked of the Lord that I would seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord and to gaze upon his beauty. We will see his face and it will be an amazing thing. Randy Alcorn. He says, not only will we see his face and live, but we will likely wonder if we ever lived before we saw his face. There's another guy, Adoniram Judson, he says, when Christ calls me home, I shall go with the gladness of a boy bounding away from school. (laughs) See, the gospel, the gospel is a beautiful thing for us. There is a restoration But the gospel is not just great for us. The gospel is far greater than most of us imagine. It's not just good news for us, but the gospel is good news for animals and for plants and for stars and planets. God is making all things new. I want you to hear this question because some of you are sitting here and you're thinking, I don't know if I am going to heaven. How can I be sure that I am going to heaven? I want you to hear this. I'm taking this straight from what I said last week, that there is only one way to heaven, but there are many ways to Jesus. Jesus reveals himself in all kinds of ways, whether through scripture, whether through spoken word, whether through dreams or visions. There are many ways to Jesus, but there is only one way to heaven. In John 3, it says, "'He who believes in the Son, "'if you believe in the Son, you have eternal life, "'but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, "'but the wrath of God abides on him.'" There's only one way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He says, You must believe. We must put our trust and our faith in Jesus to grant us, to guarantee us eternal life. But it's not just a we get this past and now we live, however. Eternity starts now, and that we begin to live our life out. That these activities that we do in heaven, whether it's the worship, whether it's the serving, We do those things and it's flawed in this sinful world, but we practice these things knowing that there will come a point in time where we will do this in freedom. When it says in Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. We don't fully know what that looks like because our delight is not always just in the Lord. We take delight in other things and and the desires of our hearts are marred by the sin of this world, but God is going to restore. We won't have to second guess our desires and our wants anymore. We will be before him. And we are called to show others the way. We are called to show others the way to Jesus. There is a scene that takes place in C.S. Lewis's last battle. Uh, it's in the Chronicles of Narnia. And in that, he says that there will be people who will come out and they will see the face of Aslan, who is the Christ character in, in his story. And he says, to some, the face will be welcoming and it will be glorious, and to others, it will be horrendous, Fearful and awful. And perhaps the best way that I can illustrate this for you right now is to do this. Whoa, where, where am I?
1: Whoa, this is so strange. It feels like I'm floating.
0: Man, there's all these clouds that. Wait, D- Doug, is that
1: you? Matt? Matt, I hear you. Where are you? I can't see you, Matt. I don't know. You're, you're somewhere around here. Come on. Oh, it's so dark. And there's clouds everywhere. Whew. Hey, Marco. <laughs> Polo. All right. I feel like you're getting closer. Fish Whoa. out of water? You, you seem really close. You're yeah. right in front of me now.
0: It feels like you're just right you just in go front forward. of me here. Whoa, now you're nope. behind me. Nope. What okay, happened? Where, where did you go?
1: Oh. Doug. Okay. Right here. Doug. Just go forward. Right here. Oh, oh man! Hey. hey, how are you? I I think I'm okay. Where? Where are? We? What is this place? What's? I have no idea. What's happening? I I've never been anywhere like this. What's What's the last thing you remember? I can't. Oh wait a minute. What? We were. We were on bikes, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, we were riding yeah, bikes. Yeah. yeah, you were in front. Yes, I was yeah, in front.
0: We were on poop-out path. Remember yes. that? Yeah, we were riding. Here we go, going down the hill. Whoa. Turn to the right. Oh. All right, well, the turn to the left. Whoa.
1: Whoa. Whoa! Oh, here comes the big Whoa. hill. Whoa! <laughs> and then we were just... Wait, that's the, that's the last thing I can remember. Yeah. Wait, Do you think... Kinda... No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. What? I was in front, remember? Oh, right. we, were going, we were going, down, we were going down, and then we went to the right, whoa, whoa. and then remember there was the bumpy part, <laughs> and then yeah. we were going to hit the big jump. Here it comes, whoa, <laughs> oh, flying. But that's still the last thing I can remember.
0: Yeah, what?
1: Hey, you don't think. No. No.
0: I mean, we're 14 years old.
1: Yeah. We're, we're dead. dead. Dude. We're, We're dead!
0: dead. Oh, yeah. Sweet! <laughs> that is so awesome. Man, when your mom said we did everything together, we even died together. Yes. How cool I knew that? it. The
1: day I met you, I said, I am totally gonna die with you. Yeah. Name, please. <laughs> Whoa, what was yeah. that? Did you hear something? Name please. It's it's, it's back over here. here. Whoa. Whoa, what is this? It's a beautiful creature. Look at that creature. Wow. wow. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah. He's so radiant. Wow, What did he say? Fame, please? Nate, <laughs> He said something. I can't. <laughs> Maybe he would say it again. We would know what he said. Yeah. Name, please. Name, please. Ooh, name. Oh, that's he, it. Want, he needs your name. Oh, that's it's like a check-in it. thing. Yeah. Okay, okay, I got it. Uh, yeah. Matt, Matt Davis. This is so cool. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. That's awesome. That door. That's cool. All, right. all right, let's Here go. we go, buddy. That's Come on. So cool. I wonder what's over here. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Name, please. Oh, wait, wait, wait. He, you hey. just told him your
0: name. Yeah, Matt Davis. You said this store over here.
1: Name, please. Why does oh. he need my name?
0: I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe guest list or something like that? I think. Probably I don't like know. A, Did we call ahead? I don't gotta know. Gotta check in. Uh, my, name is,
1: my name is Doug Brown. You could just check in there. I'm sure I'm with him. We. We do, died together. Yeah, we died together. We do everything together. Really cool. That door. Whoa. Check again. Check. I'm supposed <laughs> to go with. I'm supposed to go with him, I think. That's a big boy. That door. Well, maybe they loop around. You know, they get a lot of entrances. You oh know? yeah, like
0: fire exit. Probably be unsafe just to have one door, right? Yeah, totally. Okay, Yeah, yeah. All right. You go to your door. I'll go to my door. I'll see you inside. All right. Just like wrap around, like in a minute. Cool. Perfect. All right. Ah. Awesome. All right, here we go. You ready? This ready. Is be so oh, Excited. All
1: right. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Oh, what are you seeing? It's, it's him. It's, what? it's everything I ever want. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. What, what about you? What do you see? Isn't it great? I, I'm not seeing what you're seeing. I don't see that. It's a lot darker. I, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I want to go in your door. Hold I on. don't want this. Hold on. Check you gotta, again. Check my name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is
0: wrong. We got we to gotta go to the same place.
1: Name, please.
0: Doug Brown.
1: That door Matt, what's the deal? How come I can't go with you? I don't want to go that way. Doug, you, you know what this is, right? Like, I have no idea. Well, no. I mean, you've heard of this, like heaven and hell. Like you're, you're a Christian, right? Like, go to well, church. I mean, yeah, I, I've been once or twice. You told me there'd be lots of girls there. There was a guy, Pastor Dave. I mean, he was pretty cool. I mean, I've been, I mean, one, yeah, I've been, once. Where, where do you think I went, like on Sunday morning? Like, I don't know. You said you were going to hang out with your family. I thought that meant football or something. What about Jesus like you you know Jesus, you believe like he died on the cross for your sins, and well, I mean, yeah, I know of Jesus, but what do you mean die on the cross for my sins <sighs> doug this is this is the most important thing in my life, and i i can 't believe I never talked to you about it. Well, yeah, I really wish you would have because now I have to go that way
0: <laughs> I, I just thought like we 're so young we got like lots of time and We could take care
1: of that later, and I just, I I thought we were, I thought we were good. Yeah, well, we're not. And now I have to go this way. Matt Davis, that door. Doug Brown, that door. Are you sure there's anything I can't do? Is there anything I can do? Not, not at this point. We had to make that decision earlier,
0: when we were still alive. Doug, I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah, well, so am I. I want us to understand this morning. It says in Hebrews chapter 9, it says that it is appointed for man to live once, and then after that comes judgment. As long as you are breathing here on this earth, that you have a chance to put your faith in Jesus for eternal life. It says in Matthew chapter 7 that there is a narrow path and there's a wide path. The path that leads to destruction is wide. There are many who think that they are going to eternal paradise to heaven and they are gravely mistaken because they have never put their faith in Jesus. Some of those people that we talked to on the video. If you do not have faith in Jesus Christ, your life here on earth is as close as you will ever get to heaven. For those of you who have put your faith in Jesus Christ and you trust him for your salvation, then this life on earth is as close as you will ever get to hell. I want you to understand that Jesus has called us to make a decision, that there is a dividing line, that we are called to live in that. I I want you to think, don't get this picture that that God is, is boring and heaven is just some long choir practice. This God has an excellent track record. You look at even... Mars, Mars, there's a volcano in Mars. It, it towers 79,000 feet. It's three times the height of Everest. Its base is 370 miles wide. It could fill up the state of Nebraska. God is an amazing God. There's this canyon in Mars that stretches out one-sixth of the way around Mars and and it's it's 2,800 miles long and it's 350 miles wide and it's four and a half miles deep. We could fit hundreds of our Grand Canyons into that place. That is the God. You think about some of the most beautiful places that you've ever been to on earth. God is going to restore and there will be a new heaven here on earth and God, the same God that created all of the amazing things that you love here in this life, promises that there will be a life greater to come but it depends on what you do with your life here. It would be a shame today for you to come and show up to church this morning and give God your time and never give him your heart. And so I plead with you. My prayer is that you would put your trust and faith on this Memorial Day weekend that there would be a memory made that you would put your trust in Jesus, that you would acknowledge that you are far from perfect just like everyone else, and that we are in need of a Savior. In Acts 4 it says there is salvation in no other name, in no one else. There is no other path to heaven except through Jesus. Don't buy into what the world is telling us. And so I want to make an invitation, and I want to just stand here today, and I want to say that there are some of you today who your eternal security is not set, that you do not know beyond a shadow of a doubt. And you could be coming to this church for a long, long time and never have made that decision. So I want you today to consider your eternity. And we're going to pray. We're going to do a prayer of invitation. In fact, in a few minutes, we're going to do baptisms up here. And that is... What we're going to be doing to celebrate people who have put their trust and their faith in Jesus today. If you've not put your trust and your faith in Jesus as your Savior, you can do that today and we'll even baptize you today. You can put your trust in Jesus today. We can talk with you and we will baptize you. It's just wet clothes, you'll be fine. But I want to invite you because this is so important. Maybe you know people, I'm sure you know people who are not going to heaven. I shared this quote last week and I want you to hear this. Charles Spurgeon says, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let not one go unwarned and unprayed for. And I've been praying for you guys this week that somebody in here this morning wants to take that step and say, I trust in you, Jesus, with all my heart and I'm resting my eternity and my salvation in you. And so we're going to pray. And I'm going to invite you to pray with me. And I'd like everybody to stand up. I'd like the worship team to come forward. We're going to sing a song called Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace saved a wretch like me. We acknowledge our sinfulness. If you want to put your trust and faith in Jesus, then I want you to pray this prayer, and then I want you to follow me, I'll be going over here, Um, Pastor Eric will be joining us, and we'll have some of our team over there. We want you just to go over this way, and we want to pray with you, and if you want to be baptized, you don't have to be today, but you can be baptized today. We'll make it happen. It'll be a little bit fun and messy, and it'll be all right, but we will do it. Uh, But we want to invite you to do that, so I want you to know where your security is at. I want you to know what happens after you die. So we're going to pray. This is a prayer inviting Jesus to be the Lord of your life. If you've not done that, I want you to pray with me right now. Will you pray? Our Father who dwells in heaven at this very moment, and by your Spirit in the hearts of those you have redeemed, God, we submit our lives to you this morning. And there are some in this room. God, you you are not being slow as we would count slow. You are being patient because you do not want those to perish. And so I believe that there are some in this room, God, who you have called to be part of your kingdom. And so today, God, we declare that you are a God who saves. You sent your son, Jesus, to die for us, for our sinfulness, for the places that we did not measure up to your law. And by your grace, the immeasurable riches of your grace, you have called us to salvation in you. So if you in this room this morning would like to put your trust and faith in Jesus, then pray this prayer with me. God, I have fallen short of following your word. I may have been unaware of it until today. I've lived a life apart from you, and today I put my trust and my faith in you. That you will save me and you are atoning for my sins. That your blood covers my sin. And because of that, I can have freedom as I put my trust and my faith in you, that when I resurrect, I will resurrect into eternal life and not eternal separation from you. I place my faith and my trust in you and the work done on the cross for my sins. In Jesus' name, amen.